Rewilding, getting nature back to nature. Hello and welcome to the Sustainable Futures Report for Friday the 30th of July 2021. I'm Anthony Day. This week there is so much sustainability and climate news that I'm holding it back for an extra episode which will be with you next Tuesday, the 3rd of August. Before we talk about rewilding, there's news from Ireland of creative and artistic projects with the aim of engaging the public about the changes people will have to make to address climate change. The projects include coastal light installations, reimagined Bord Namona villages, decarbonisation projects and pop-up energy stores. One of the projects, Field Exchange, centres on the idea of agriculture, linking art, food and agriculture, and bringing artists, farmers, scientists, experts and the public together in Brookfield Farm, Tipperary. The objective is to integrate regenerative agriculture, creativity and gathering to combat climate change linking production, consumption and individual farmers' actions. Field Exchange will present two significant artworks addressing climate change, a major newly commissioned pair of sculptural plantings by artist Deirdre Omani will be open to the public for 12 days over 12 weeks and artist John Gerrard's artwork corn work presented in a barn on an LCD screen. Together these works bring art out of the gallery into rural Ireland linking artistic response to climate change with practical mitigation ideas. And now to rewilding. We're all concerned with tackling the climate emergency and doing everything we can to mitigate the extreme weather and sea level rise. We need to spare a thought as well about how we continue to coexist with our planet and with nature. I spoke recently with Ria Rocha and she explained how rewilding helps us address climate change at the same time as making the world a more sustainable place to live, for wildlife and biodiversity as well as for us humans. Today I'd like to welcome Ria, who is the presenter of the Ecoside podcast. Now, that podcast is produced on behalf of Mossy Earth. And Mossy Earth says on its website, it's a team restoring nature and fighting climate change. Tell us a bit more about Mossy Earth, Ria. Hi, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, yeah, so Mossy Earth, uh, the reason why we're doing what we're doing is exactly what you said. You know, we want to fight climate change and help restore nature through reforestation and rewilding initiatives. What we're wanting to do is to restore nature and fight climate change through reforestation and rewilding initiatives. So by combining those two approaches, we can really help nature to thrive. Um, and that's really simply put what we're doing. <laughs> so we're pretty much taking the, the uh, focus away from carboning offsetting from carbon offsetting and to actually try and uh, have more an holistic approach. When you say rewilding, as I understand it, you're assisting a piece of land to get back to nature. And the intention is that once you've done that, nature should take care of itself. Is that yeah, a fair comment? It, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, 
it's how we like to think of it, yes. Because I think that the biggest difference between rewilding and a more traditional approach to conservation is exactly that. We're not wanting to manage the, the land uh, you know, forever. We're wanting to help it thrive and then let nature take care of itself. So you're making a clear distinction between rewilding and conservation. If you take the approach of restoring a piece of land and leaving it to itself, is there not a risk that it will just eventually turn to scrubland or some sort of not very attractive piece of uh, countryside over time? Yeah, well, so the, the goal is not to eventually leave it completely. It's just that we're trying to to not be as uh, an active component, let's say, to, to that piece of land to restore. So we're helping to restore the damaged ecosystem services that need a help that have been damaged. And then hopefully in the future, once they can uh, function on its own and there's a more balanced um, way to that habitat, then to leave it and to, to come in whenever we need it. Um, the, the only difference is with a more traditional approach, uh, they um, people want to perpetually manage it to keep it in a certain way where we expect that nature can at a certain point uh, do the work much better than we can ever possibly try. When you talk about rewilding, what land are you talking about? Is your objective to convert agricultural land to uh, a more natural habitat? Um, not specifically. In general, we've been working with protected pieces of land that have already been um, the stage to different rewilding projects. So these are lands that are they used to be um, wild and they're just damaged to an extent that need our help. So we're not coming in in a place that has agricultural land and trying to get people out and then rewild that area, uh, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> so are we looking at what we might call brownfield sites? In other words, sites which may have been the site of uh, industrial ac activity or possibly mining or quarrying uh, and, and restoring areas of that nature? Uh, not our projects, no. So. For example, just to give you a, an example, we have a project in the north of Portugal and what we're trying to do there is, uh, and this is a rewilding initiative, it's to just help the coexistence between humans and uh, the wolf uh, population that exists there. So we're not coming in and saying, you know, you can't have uh, your herds and you can't have cows. We're just helping both of these components to coexist. And, uh, and that is rewilding as well, you know, just helping us to be able to coexist in a world where there's wildlife and there's predators. Yeah, that's really interesting because you're not just talking about planting trees or wildflowers, you're actually reintroducing and protecting animals like the wolf, which I think have become extinct in, in large parts, if not all, of Europe. Uh, and that's quite, a, that must be quite difficult to get people particularly farmers to accept yeah so in this case we're not uh, reintroducing pretty much what we're doing is there used to be a population there um, and what happened is it's persecuted by farmers every time there's a wolf attack on the herd 
So what we're doing and our partners, uh, Rewilding Portugal, they're doing an amazing job at this and we're supporting them um, in this aspect, which is introducing the livestock guarding dogs in the area that protect and prevent the wolf attacks to happen in the first place. Because there's more than enough uh, wild food for them to, to pursue. It's just that if the, the herd is not protected, then it becomes easy prey and then the farmers go after the wolves themselves because you know it's the livelihood that it's uh in in in, in cause <laughs> if i were devil's advocate i would say if you got rid of the wolves then you wouldn't need the dogs and you wouldn't have any uh, attacks on the sheep why is it important to maintain the wolf population yeah so i think different people will answer this uh in a di in different ways there's many reasons why we need biodiversity and we should protect these amazing species that uh, one have all the right to be you know in these areas that we live in as well um and then there's this just there's this value to to having to sharing out this world with other species that are not just us <laughs> If if we go for rewilding, are we going to have enough land left to feed a growing population, human population, that is? Yeah, that is a really big question. Um, I don't think that the rewilding movement aims to, you know, just rewild the whole world and and put humans in a box where um, where we won't be able to sustain ourselves. I think the idea here is to create a balance where both nature and the human population can thrive, uh, which is what's not happening at the moment. You know, there's a, a lot of land that could be used more sustainably to create what the what we need. You know, the food supplies that we need, and and then there's this this other component, which is there's so much land that could be rewilded at the same time. I don't know if I'm making myself clear here. Mossy Earth has got <laughs> operations in Scotland, in Portugal, Romania, and uh, elsewhere in the UK, I think. So it's it's an international organisation. Where did it come about? How has it started? And, and what is the overall objective of, of Mossy Earth? Yeah, so it started with just two like-minded people that wanted to make a difference as individuals. And um, and they didn't know where to where to start, uh, and that's where the idea came from: creating a membership, a tool that allows individuals to be able to make this difference and to help nature thrive, uh, because otherwise it seems so overwhelming and there's so much to do that as an, at an individual level it would be really hard to even begin uh, to fight for for what we value and. Um, and so we created this membership where people can, for you know, ten pounds a month, they can start rewilding the world and reforesting and and just help nature thrive in different parts of the world. So your organisation is based on membership subscriptions. Do you encourage members to get involved uh, directly in in initiatives to rewild parts of the neighbourhood where they live? Yeah. So we've created uh, low impact living guides and even rewilding articles that help people understand better this subject. And they, there's um, 
many ways in which they can help themselves as like rewilding their own garden and uh, planting for biodiversity in, in the garden and stuff like that, which is really useful. Uh, but for example, in terms of our own project, we, we like to support the local community. So we don't incentivize. We get a lot of people asking us if they can come and help us plant trees. And that is something that we, we avoid just because we, we like to support the local communities in the areas where we're planting. If somebody lives in a flat in a city centre, is there much that they can personally do about rewilding? Um, I mean, there is more than one would think, to be honest. Uh, there's this amazing organisation and they're pretty much connecting the dots between the lines where bees can operate. And uh, one of the things that you could do is just check the map and see if there's other people adhering to this project around you. And so even just by having the right plants or the, the right um, flowers in your veranda, can help a, a global movement and it's just it's a tiny little thing that you can do that might have a really big impact so there's there's more than one would imagine i'd say what's mossy earth's next challenge have you got a program are you aiming to achieve something specific in the next two three five years where what's 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 your vision yeah so what we're wanting to do is to just really make an impact in areas that are being overlooked. So we have um, programs that are looking at species that are underfunded and they are so special and they're so important to, to keep protecting. And uh, so we're trying to actually direct our funds towards these species and, and really make a difference there because there's, um, there's a lot of organizations out there, there's a lot of funds being directed towards the most iconic species and um, and so we're trying to make a difference in this way. All the details of what you're doing are on your website, of course, and that is mossy.earth, one of the new unusual um, domain identifiers, mossy, M-O-S-S-Y, dot earth. If people go there, can they find a link to your podcast as well? Yeah, uh, we're working on um, making it a bit more prominent on the website, but they can find it on the right-hand corner. Great. <laughs> uh, and as far as the podcast is concerned, uh, what, what have you got coming up? What will be the subject of uh, future episodes? We actually have a really cool conversation that should be released in the next two weeks. And it is about tree planting done wrong. So, yeah, so it's... So one of, one of our aims is to actually just help people be more informed in how nature restoration is done and so this conversation is all going to be about how can tree planting can actually cause some harm and uh, what are the solutions here and uh, the different approaches to tree planting and to you know the other alternatives which could be natural regeneration and it's uh, it'll be a really interesting conversation to have a listen to for sure. <laughs> You sound a little bit sceptical about planting trees as offsets. Am, am I detecting that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say, it's just, I just feel like there should be more of a holistic approach to restoring nature. And the only issue with 
a carbon offsetting as you know that's your main being that your main goal is that things might not be done in the best way possible in terms of protecting biodiversity um, and wilderness which is one of our main focuses so mossy earth doesn't sell carbon offsets uh so the, we have members that started um you know they became members because they wanted to offset their life and that's more like there's nothing wrong with that that's a, a really beautiful thing to to want to do and and then yeah so people can be offsetting with us the difference is that we're not just only planting trees for the sake of carbon we're looking at how we can actually um restore that ecosystem uh, in a whole rather than just planting the trees and say here you go this is the carbon uh, we're trying to achieve a little bit more than that <laughs> so you're looking at the whole biodiversity context rather than just the single issue of carbon yes yeah absolutely well Ria, that's been very interesting thank you for explaining about your work and how mossy earth is is approaching climate change i think we covered a lot in such a brief <laughs> conversation it was really 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 nice to talk to you this is great Ria, thank you very much for talking to the sustainable futures report and good luck with the ecoside podcast there's going to be links to that on our website and uh, you can find out as i said all the details on mossy.earth as well many thanks to ria russia and that's it for this week next week it's august but this year the sustainable futures report still goes on in fact there's an extra episode coming out next tuesday the 3rd of august as the clamor increases as people suddenly realize that there may be some truth in the climate emergency idea there will still be an episode next Friday, as usual, when I'm talking to Ross O'Kelly about green urbanism and whatever else is making sustainability news by then. Don't miss out. Hit the subscribe button. And if you'd like to add your support, a couple of pounds towards covering the costs of this podcast, just head across to patreon.com SFR. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot SFR. Thanks to all my patrons for their support and thank you for listening. Please comment, tweet and share. I'm Anthony Day. That was the Sustainable Futures Report. Think carbon. Until next Tuesday. Music